Phil, that was um, Philip Shepard. And, uh, you know, actually, I, I thought he was, we would mostly be speaking just about self-help, not so much in, into the depths of spirituality. And, uh, and again, not, not denigrating self-help at, at all, but just saying I, he actually covered a lot more ground than I thought and was uh, mm -hmm. quite interesting. Yeah, I found it that too. Um, he was recommended by somebody I know who uh, uh, said that he had uh, been playing a role in, in, in deepening her own spiritual path. So I thought we should uh, have him on. And uh, yeah, he, had, he has a lot to offer. This concept of radical wholeness, of course, if you take it to its... its uh, biggest uh, uh, meaning of the word would get you into uh, spiritual territory. Right. Uh, I, I thought what was incredibly fascinating to me was he mentioned a tribe in Africa. Uh, when they see something, it's actually an internal, they feel it. Uh, if they smell something, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they, they uh, not only see color, they, they, they taste color. It, it, was, it, it was not unlike how many people have reported certain psychedelic experiences where mm. different senses experience things different ways and uh, how the mind and body can become disconnected and how in other cultures or in other traditions or in properly functioning human condition, perhaps uh, uh, the, the whole experience uh, that we have through our senses can be different. Yeah. He also talked a, a, a bit about, in, in his, the written material I saw, and we mentioned it on the interview, um, that the center of thought wasn't, I mean, we just assume it's in the brain, right. you know, we, that the thinking occurs in our head, but other cultures have located it in the, in the belly, in the chest. Um, it's fascinating. Yeah, and, and, and I know there are different meditation practices where you think of a meditation practice as a mental practice, but where the focus can go to the heart or to the belly or <clears throat> to yes. different energy centers in the body. And, uh, you know, once one has some experience with that sort of thing, uh, uh, the internal experience becomes quite different. And, of course, if the internal experience is different, how we take things from the outside and bring them in becomes different but uh yeah he he you know he got into a lot of uh, anthropology really and uh and different yeah. cultures and different uh peoples and and uh, uh different modes of perception it was very thought-provoking I, I would imagine his workshops uh are um, are fascinating and uh yeah they, they, they seem to be well sequenced yeah and i would think especially for uh <clears throat> spiritual people who have been very meditation oriented the embodiment that he emphasized of, of bringing uh, the body into play in this uh, non-trivial way, in an integrated way that integrates mind and body and spirit, uh, would, I, I would guess it would be very valuable. You know, it's, it's very interesting, this business of, of where intelligence is located. I mean, we have this expression, gut feeling, right, for, for intuition. And, you know, people in many cultures have often talked, spiritual people have often talked about knowing something from the heart. Um, I think there's something to that. It's not just uh, 
idle expressions. Right, uh, exactly. That, that's what he, th those were the thoughts he was provoking in me. Uh, of course, those thoughts were in my head, uh, but, but that there could or be. Or are they? Yeah, but were they? Well, <laughs> and, or no, and I think the better question would, would uh, is, uh, should they be? Uh, yeah, perhaps yeah. they could be experienced a, a, a different way. And so, uh, you know, he's well read. I, I mean, and I, I'm sure he came at, uh, he figured a lot of this stuff out himself, but uh, well studied and, uh, uh, and fascinating. And uh, it's something that I'd like to think about more and, and maybe in other interviews or even in, uh, in my own readings or whatever. It's uh, uh, because I think those types of insights, along with certain uh, procedures that a teacher might have like him, would allow one to, to really radically uh, change one's perceptions. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so many of us have, uh, we're, we're many ways disembodied. We, we, we sit a lot, we meditate, we think. And, and in my case, my work is very much, you know, about the language and words and concepts, you know, day after day. And we, you know, it's very easy to, to get disembodied in that way. And, and as he would put it, perhaps uh, lose, lose touch with the uh, wholeness. Yeah, I, I didn't ask him this, but I'm thinking it now it would be a good question for him. If somebody had no language or much, much simpler language, uh, would it, uh, how, how would that affect their uh, perceptions of the world and, 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 and their interactions with other people? Uh, perhaps there would they would have deeper insights or they develop other faculties for uh, filtering and understanding their experience uh, than one who has a sophisticated language. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, who knows? But on the other hand, we don't want to denigrate the mind or the intellect no. or thought. Uh, that would be uh, taking things too far. We're all for the mind around here, Phil. You know that. So. Okay. All right. Uh, all right, good one. Dennis. Next time. Take care.